and puppies welcome it's issue number 54 of the infinite backlog a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy marvel comics i'm andy chan and with (laughs) me are my co-hosts shane the berserker i knew it i knew you were gonna animate this 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 (laughs) this one i knew it and the brood sleazoid rory hey babies Today, yeah, we read some we read some comics that may or may not have taken place in Japan, but they featured Daredevil, Wolverine, and the rest of the X-Men, and they take us from August through October of 1982. Do you want them bombers? Bombers yeah. out, baby. Yeah. I'm gonna bomb you the, out. Give me those anime out. bummers. Give them. All right, I'm reaching above my weight class here a little bit because I don't fully understand how this shit works. But uh, in October, the the Garn St. Germain Depository Institutions Act deregulated the U.S. savings and loan industry and allowed for adjustable rate mortgages. Mm. I'm pretty positive this is a pretty this is an early Reagan domino that sort of eventually fell towards that 2008 crisis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and. Oh, yeah. And therefore, I count it as a bummer. Adjustable rate mortgages, I'm pretty sure, are frequently predatorily given to people who they know can't pay them back. Even and, uh, even if you were to uh, to like give everybody the benefit of the doubt that every every banker is giving out nice loans and not doing anything malicious, mm-hmm. uh, I think we can even simplify it further and just be like, <laughs> why would you remove oversight on banks? <laughs> Yeah, for real. And just let them spend all the money however they see fit. It's their yeah. money. It's Whatever not, they want. Not baby. at all. It's not your money. You're <laughs> holding it for us. I've I've always wondered why, like, if you have a mortgage, if you pay your mortgage off early, like, you you, you get still, punished. You get punished for it. They don't like yeah. that. Yeah, because they want to hold on to that money as long as possible because they're playing with it. Yeah, you've, taken they, the, you've taken the bank's toy away. Exactly right. They like the interest. <laughs> they like playing with your money. And also, it's they just and this goes as far as like you know all these like subscription based uh, internet companies these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, no, tell you could me, argue... tell me about subscription based <laughs> internet companies. No, no, no. I just said like you could you could assume some amount of their business is is. Uh, bolstered by people who forgot or don't know how to cancel it. Yeah, but yeah. it's not primarily predatory. What they like is the regularity. They just mm-hmm. know this money's coming in. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's 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 exactly right. If, you know, if you have a grocery to... store, you have no idea how many customers are coming in on any given day. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think a website idea for a grocery store is only cans, where they only sell <laughs> canned food? It's for preppers. I do love it. Is that a good joke? <laughs> oh, only cans for preppers. Only cans for preppers. Like I like it better as like a as like a preppers like a preppers porn site just called only cans. <laughs> oh, I, uh, Epcot Center opens to the public during this time, uh, hey. which I guess is only a bummer if you. Uh, if you don't love the like weird Hall of Nations shit they've got in there, but uh, I don't know, arguably the weirdest part of Disney World. Why Epcot? Um, yeah, Epcot pays the bills, baby. Tell me why. Do you understand why? I do. What is I the appeal understand. of Epcot Center? So, okay, so the appeal of the Epcot Center is it's not for. Can you tourists. give me a? Can you give me a, a little bit of a primer, a one sentence explanation? I don't need. I don't know anything about Disneyland. Okay, sorry. Uh, so Ep- Epcot is the one that has the big golf ball. Um, it's like the, and it's, it's experimental prototype city of tomorrow. Some, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, it's like a big, it's a big lake. And then around the perimeter of the lake, they have different pavilions that are themed towards different countries around the world. And then they basically fill it with uh, like tr- students from around the world and people from around the world from those countries to work there and do like a work share program and like college programs and stuff. 
Um, and then they pull in like merchandise from those countries and like it's every, everything is indiv- independently owned in the section. But es- essentially, it's a great way for Florida residents to have something to do at nighttime. Like that place gets packed at nighttime and it's full of restaurants. And so all of, these pe- all of these people have annual passes. Right. And so all of those annual passes um, are basically just their little yearly subscription fee. And then they go to Epcot and they spend money on like food and drink and you drink around the world and like you walk around and do a little bit of shopping. Got it. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's a lot more like consumerist consumerist than I thought it was. I thought people were just like going there for the novelty of it, but actually there's use, there's a use, there's a lot of food and beer and shit. That's so weird and fascinating. Uh, how about the Chicago Tylenol murders? <laughs> <laughs> also a subsidiary of Disney. <laughs> yeah, this is it's right next to Epcot. It's around the corner. It's just a dude selling Tylenol laced like fudge is made with potassium cyanide. Uh, because apparently that's what happened. Uh, there's look, uh, I don't to... like to victim blame, but if you're buying Tylenol off the street, that's as close <laughs> to your fault as it can possibly be. So I don't. <laughs> I don't actually know where people were getting this Tylenol. The implication is that it was just in stores. Like there had just, it had just oh, been Oh, like tampered. he was swapping them out? Yeah. Like yeah, that I would believe. When you said this guy was selling it, that's my mind went no, elsewhere. That was me being stupid. I, I, <laughs> yeah, people, it was just like a bunch of cases in Chicago of people like ending up in the hospital and they figured out like they'd all taken this Tylenol and they tested the Tylenol and it was, it had been like laced with cyanide. And so, like, Johnson & Johnson had to do this, like, nationwide, like, recall of all Tylenol products. And, uh, yeah, shit's weird. And apparently, to date, nobody has ever been charged or convicted for the poisoning. So, uh, <laughs> it's just a thing that happened. And we wonder why everyone in the 80s was freaked out about people putting razor blades in Halloween candy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I remember hearing about this. And, and yeah, and, and there was a lot of crime that was just completely on it. Like unpunishable back then or like they just like hadn't tightened up like there were some they're mostly scammers but like you know you know take a fake check to the to the bank and you'd get away with it you know unlike today well it's the 80s what are you gonna do reagan's in power crime is just do it just do whatever crime i guess you'll get away with it and uh and that includes that includes a lot of crimes that we read in in this week's uh comics (laughs) that were that were uh (laughs) I don't know some surprising moments, I guess, especially in Daredevil. But, uh, but I, well, that is where we're starting. So let's get into it. Fuck it. Let's start talking about Daredevil. Um, we we read two issues, and they're kind of funnier than the others we've been reading. They're a little funny. Uh, so I, I, I'll. I think I have. Uh, I think I have a take that describes them both, and um, I think everybody will agree. It's a little bit hot, but not too hot. Okay. Uh, these are two gorgeous, stupid-as-fuck issues. <laughs> yeah. They're both really silly. <laughs> they don't make a ton of logical sense all the time, but yes, they are gorgeous. Uh, I fully agree. The, 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 they've really, like, upped the, the, the page time of our, our, I guess, comic relief characters, Foggy and Turk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh and Turk is Turk is, I guess, I'm I'm not going to complain about him because uh, every moment Turk is on the pages of Daredevil is a treasure to me. <laughs> he's the worst fucking criminal, and he has he's he's so terrible at everything. Uh, I love I love his willingness to just completely throw himself into horrible situations. Um, so this first issue is narrated and from the perspective of Foggy. Foggy Guts uh, Nelson or Foggy Nelson. Guts Nelson. <laughs> I I really liked the 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 shtick in this comic, but I did not buy that Foggy would have these nerves of steel to see him through <laughs> all the way here. Uh he's he pulls out some real balls out maneuvers, uh, especially when face to face with Kingpin at the end. Yeah. What the fuck was uh, sorry, what the heck was that? <laughs> Well, oh, you don't want to swear I, on this I read podcast it as, as a facade. I, <laughs> I thought that he he knew he was toast if he didn't sort of pretend he was somebody with balls. Not like not like the, the 
I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, but you know what I'm getting at, I guess. Like, he's, yeah, he needed he in that moment the character that he's portraying guts needed to seem like a formidable person. Yeah, sure. I, I guess I just didn't buy that he'd be able to pull that off. I, it's fair. Uh, he could have been emboldened by the fact that he had no idea he didn't beat up those 12 people. He, he <laughs> I get the impression he really thought he won that fight. I know, <laughs> that's so funny. I, I That is my favorite part where, like, he's... Like, because what's the situation? He's trying to figure out... That's right, that's right. Uh, uh, Heather Glenn, with this drama that's been slowly building over the last several weeks, uh, she is now aware that her company is secretly producing bombs for some reason. And mm-hmm. rather than tell Matt about it, because she knows that Matt will like go full daredevil and take down the company or whatever. And she doesn't want that. It's like her dad's company. She wants to keep it afloat. Uh, she approaches foggy about it. And so foggy's out on the street trying to like figure out who needs these bombs. And he eventually ends up, like face to face with uh, with what's his fuck slaughter and Turk and all these underworld bad guys, um, and yeah, he ends up in this situation where the lights go out and Daredevil's been following him to keep him safe, and he spends the whole pa- like page running from the fight and like trying not to get hit, and Daredevil's beating the shit out of everyone, uh, and the whole page's narration is for, is from his perspective as though he's beating people up. He's like, oh, yeah, and then I just beat the shit out of these guys. <laughs> when the lights come up, he's sitting on this pile of unconscious men, like some sort of cocky piece of shit. It's a very good couple of pages. I, I do I do appreciate it a lot. <laughs> um, the... The part, the part that I guess that I didn't like as much is afterwards when Turk is like, "Oh, I'm gonna work for this guy," and and starts like trying to sell him to Kingpin as his new like hitman. That that I guess I, I guess is where it sort of fell apart for me. Yeah, I it gets that, a little sloppy towards the end. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't think. I think Foggy must have like a a realistic human's fear of Kingpin. I feel like I'd be trying to pull the, pull the plug before that moment, but yeah, maybe reasonable. I'm just trying to read too much into it. For well, stu- stupid yeah, issue Daredevil. I, I, I mean, I think, I think what's going on here is Miller is trying to do this long form story with, uh, with uh, Heather Glenn's company mm-hmm. and, you know, needs to pack the pages with some superhero nonsense. He's sort of fulfill his contractual obligation to not do Aaron Brockovich right now. He's, <laughs> you know, he's writing a superhero story. Yeah. 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 Uh, we, yeah. we have to talk about Stilt Man. <laughs> you, you, you can't weave this incredible tale of these two comics and talk about how they're funny and silly and not mention the 60 foot tall stilts that Turk starts running around on <laughs> in the second issue. I love how much of a jobber Stiltman clearly is. He's just yeah. a regular dude in glasses who has a dope suit and he thinks it's really cool. And he clearly has like a height complex too, where he's like, oh my God, I'm going to be so fucking tall. I'm going to change this suit. I'm going to be so tall. No one's going to believe how tall I am. <laughs> uh, Stiltman. I looked him up. Apparently, he appeared in Daredevil issue eight. So he's like an early. Yeah, somewhere in the uh, in the panels, there's a reference to the fact that he sort of existed previously to to this issue. But he is a fucking goofball. It's so good. It's (laughs) the panels are so tall and long to show his legs going all the way down the page. His legs go all the way to the bottom of the page. His legs go literally (laughs) to the bottom of the page. And then, like, what is his greatest weakness? Falling over. <laughs> the no. page where he topples is just brilliant. Yeah, I I like I like that. What's his name? His real name is like Will Wilbur something Stiltman. So he's already he's 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 Stiltman, and his name is Wilbur, which is just absurd. But uh, he gets beat in the back of the head by Turk and Turk steals the suit just so you can go impress daddy Kingpin. 
mm-hmm. and it doesn't work, Kingpin's like, you are an idiot. Uh, <laughs> you told but... it, you stole a tall suit. Good job. <laughs> nice fucking job, dude. Uh, but I guess the crux of this whole thing is that Stiltman was, his job was to go like, essentially either threaten or kidnap this assistant DA that uh, that Matt has gotten a bunch of incriminating evidence against Glenn Industries to so that they can, you know, not go to court. And uh, so I guess so Turk, as if to prove his uh, his worth to Kingpin, goes to actually go do that job and gets uh, <laughs> interrupted by Daredevil, who in the meantime has had a conversation with the real stilt man who is so petty and so upset that someone has stolen his suit that he tells Daredevil what his weakness is. He's like, <laughs> yeah, here's the weakness to my suit. I need you to just go fuck this guy up real bad, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of, I love Stilt, man. I love how petty he is. I love how just like completely, I don't know. He's not a grand villain. He's from no, the 60s no, no, no. and his name so is what Stilt, I'll say, man. What I'll say is like, it's okay when Miller sort of shifts into these uh, more jovial episodes, like I'm not going to say that he's not allowed to write uh, silly, silly issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he, he has no place in, in Miller's writing style. Where like the, the narration is so serious and, mm-hmm. and, it, <laughs> and this character's power is that he's stilt man. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, i could see what it, i could see what attracted him to it though because again it did allow miller some pretty fun art yes truth we also got the return of uh of the gladiator uh you know the sort of mentally this was so sloppy gladiator yeah. for some reason owns a superhero costume shop for the sole reason to get everybody that they needed in the room for this farce to happen to be yep. in the same room. Yeah, though of course Melvin Potter as the gladiator does canonically then he makes a lot of costumes for people moving forward with this with this shitty, you know, setup that they've done here. But uh, like, that's fair, but at the moment he's not um he's not like forging anything spectacular. He runs a literal costume shop at the moment. Yes. He yes. has a Halloween store. <laughs> St- Stiltman. So funny. It's so fucking contrived. While Stiltman is talking to uh, the, the evil board of Glenn Industries, might I say they're at like in a, like a penthouse and he's just used his stilts to just be up at the window. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's talking to them and trying to count the money they've given him, one of his gloves falls off and he's like, Ah, shoot. I'm never going to find that glove. And that's why he ends up at Melvin's place. And he's like, hey, do you have a glove that uh, matches this other glove? <laughs> it's fucking riveting drama. It's riveting. Delicious. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, this is the guy who created Electra, and now he's playing around with Stiltman. You know, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's a little discon- d- incongruous. Is that what our, the word I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, no, no offense, but still man's going to steal your girl. <laughs> <laughs> he, they kind of draw him like like some sort of nerdy Unabomber vibe. Like, yeah, he's really like, I don't know, like the incel that never talks to anyone lives alone in his sad apartment and <laughs> fantasizes about being taller. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty fair that's a pretty it's a pretty uh reasonable description uh all this time i mean so within these two issues there is a lot of stuff going on with glenn industries we don't really find out much new um we've already known that there's this guy who is trouble who's trying to take over the company and sell bombs and shit mm-hmm. and um i guess maybe matt is a few steps closer to to actually catching him but but um Nothing is really revealed to us. Um, King no. bought some of the bombs, which is, of course, he would. It's, well, right. It's new information, but it is hardly surprising. I guess the the one piece of information that might be relevant moving forward is that, uh, it, through some reasoning that I didn't fully understand, uh, Heather, in talking to Foggy, is like, "Look, I only have two things in my life. I have this company, and I have Matt." 
and Matt is trying to destroy my company. I wonder if he's trying to destroy my company so that the only thing I'll have left in my life is him so that I'll say yes to marrying him. And then at the end, when Matt's like, yeah, it's all totally set up and we're going to get you off and we're going to implicate the company. She's just like quietly in the last panel, like, okay, Matt, I'll marry you. And it's a weird vibe. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't think that's why he's doing it, Heather. But also, like, don't you want these people to go to jail? Yeah. It's fucking, I don't know. I don't understand this drama. Well, it's weird. And, and, you know, and it's one of those things. I wish, so they they do a lot uh, in Marvel Comics, uh, briefly establishing what the superhero's kind of basic shtick is. I think both of these issues do a little explaining on the first page or two. Yeah. Hey, this Uh, is a blind guy. Yes. Uh, Now, that being said, what they leave out is all the context that sort of built up to where we're at right now. Like, Matt is in a depressive freefall from the death of Elektra, but it's not present on the pages. No. And (laughs) and it makes him seem real gross. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because usually you would want to use, and I'm sure later on they they are more smart about how they use those like first pages or whatever of like, hey, here's the status quo. Here's what's been going on in the story. New reader stepping in at issue one eighty, whatever. But um, for me, this this goes beyond. So what they're doing is right now is for new readers. Uh, I think what they should be doing is kind of uh, acknowledging that something that comes out once a month. Uh, you know, it sort of fades. Some of the context will fade out if you don't really hold hold it firm in the foreground. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's really true. I haven't really, I haven't really thought about that. But like, serialized media, for sure, has more of a responsibility to do that than like a book you're reading. Oh, I completely gave up on reading, uh, like once a month comics. Uh, it's it's. It's pretty untenable. It's just a bad way. It's a bad format to release, you know, 15 minutes of reading once a month is is not good. I'll buy the comic. I'll support the industry and I'll just uh, wait to (laughs) wait to read it. Yeah, you read it in the bunches. That's why that's why so many people get into trade paperbacks, because it's like an actual meal sized thing. It is, but then I feel that the problem persists where now you're waiting three months for the uh-huh. next one, four yeah. months, whatever it is. <laughs> so you only read comics when it's completely over. <laughs> no, only in the con- in the context of things that come out like uh, monthly. Uh, mm. If I read, if I'm really on the ball, then I can keep up with it. But it's it's tricky. You know, you do you do lose track of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, we had we had some exciting new aliens and a lot of like flashbacks in a couple issues of X-Men that we read. Please help me untangle what the fuck we consumed. A lot uh, of good. Yeah, we've we've opened on Professor X in his in his coma. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're for some reason not on Weir Island. They're in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> some at some other some other high tech facility, even though Moira McTaggart seems to run this one as well. Yeah, you know, she just constantly goes back and forth between the Bermuda Triangle and Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, uh, have we we've missed one or two issues between uh, rescuing Magic from Limbo and now? Is that correct? Nope. It, it feels like we missed years. Oh, it yeah, feels okay. like we did, and yet this is this is what we're, this is what comes next. We have not skipped a single issue <laughs> ever since we came back with uh, with the Dracula issue. This has been continuous on our reading list. Um, okay, which feels wild. weird, right? Yeah, yeah, that's wild. It feels really strange. Uh, they they're doing what we were kind of berating. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not particularly well executed, but what we were berating. Uh, Frank on over on Daredevil, they're making sure we remember what's going on with the Ileana situation, even though she does not appear on either of these no. issues. Uh, but they do make mention multiple times, like, hey, remember Ileana and that that weird hell dimension we went into, and now that's fucked up and we're still thinking about it. So at least they make that live on the page while they're uh 
dealing with some new shit. Charles is like reliving his like memories from 20 years ago of meeting Magneto. And I, I, this one, this one was a little hard for me to follow. There were, it was like this character, Gabby, who like was like a Holocaust survivor and then was in like this catatonic state and Charles like uses has his a, mind has powers. An extremely abusive relationship with her. <laughs> no, it's really yeah. weird. It's really strange. Like he helps her like wake up and become a person again. Uh, and then like <laughs> now I she think starts it's worth trying to make out so, with him. So he's not just a uh, a person with psychic abilities who was able to wake her up. He is also a medically trained psychiatrist. Yes. And he mentions knowing how inappropriate this relationship is. And he's like, but we're both bored and lonely. So fuck it, baby. Yes, he does. He basically <laughs> says that. He says, like, what does it hurt? Who's hurting here? We're, but we both yeah. want this. Ugh. Oh, it's fucking weird. Uh, and then I guess there's like Nazis just sort of hanging around waiting for her to wake up. Because maybe, you know, they somehow used her as a place to keep in the, her brain a map to where Hitler stored half of his <laughs> evil <gold>? Nazi gold. <laughs> Hitler's gold. <laughs> Hitler's gold. City Slickers 3, The Legend of Hitler's Gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. So it, it's it's a little bit all over the place. It's fun to see the sort of introduction of Magneto. Um, I liked actually the meta narrative here where um, she goes catatonic again and Magneto's like, we don't have time for this. Wake her up, Charles. And I was like, I, I can't. If if I use psychic powers to wake her up every time she gets, you know, she gets sad, she'll I can't be I can't be that for her forever. Yeah. Like she at some point she needs to sort of put up some mental barriers of her own, uh, which is not only reasonable, like it makes sense in that moment. Um, it parallels well with him being in his own psychic blockage that people are unsuccessful at waking him up at. Yeah, yeah, currently being, yeah, exactly. And and it also, you know, I mean, we know this about Magneto, but it also does serve to also per- effectively portray the difference in their philosophies as as Magnus as he's going by. Magnus is like completely not blinking an eye at just like tearing apart these Nazis and being like, no, fuck it. Wake her up right now. I don't care what it's going to happen. You know, like the, the, the sort of disregard for for like human life, I guess, that he displays yeah. is sure. is effective, even though it's also just on a backdrop of these Hydra agents. I mean, he's much Baron more humanized Strucker. than we. I don't know if if it's come up in the pages at this point that he's a literal Holocaust survivor with the tattoo and everything. This might have. Uh, this might be new now in this issue. It might be new right now. I'm not. I'm not 100. percent Yeah. It's you know. I mean, it's I clearly mean, <laughs> a part of his character for. Forever yeah, I, I think most modern, even non-readers, are probably familiar if they've watched a couple. You know, an X-Men movie. You probably know Magneto is a Holocaust yeah. survivor, but yeah. um, it's common knowledge now that I don't remember when it was introduced into the canon. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say, Shane? Well, I was going to say, I I thought it had mentioned Auschwitz with him one other time. It might have come up. I, I don't think but anybody was bold enough to drop the tat. Yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it was like, I don't think it was super apparent. Yeah. But he, I think he compared it to, to something whenever they were like being mean to him or whatever. It's, it's hard to clock all this stuff if you're not looking for it. I mean, we had the same issue where like nobody knew Logan's name was Logan. I was like, <laughs> right. is there, is there yeah. no way? We is he only been Wolverine this entire time we've been reading it and nobody noticed because we yeah because we've you know because we're going back with with uh, so much future pop culture knowledge about these yeah. characters right it's tough to like really keep that straight in our head yeah uh, I thought it was <laughs> I don't know maybe maybe this is a little nitpicky but Strucker Baron Strucker this horrible Nazi man has uh, a fancy power gauntlet that apparently they call Satan claw, which I feel like bugs me as world building because I don't think the Nazis thought they were on the side of Satan. I'm pretty sure they thought they were doing the right thing. Uh, Aleister Crowley and all that shit. They were, they were, uh, I mean, people were dabbling with the, the left hand path up. Were uh, they? 
high up in the Nazi party and occultist shit. Yeah. Mm. Crowley was a Nazi? Crowley was a... No, he wasn't, but... What's... Fuck, what is the connection? Um, They were doing... I mean, they were doing Hellboy shit. Like, that's what that... That's not an invented... uh, An entirely fictional representation of the Nazis. Yeah, they were, they were looking for Atlantis and uh, and the and the Holy Grail and shit. Yeah, yeah, they were they were weird about the the symbols and stuff. I guess I guess I just sort of I don't know. It was like a knee jerk reaction because like you know we like to think that the villains are like yes hail Satan, but usually a lot of the time villains are like no Jesus would have liked me for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It feels like an easy characterization to be like, yes, and I wield Satan's claw. <laughs> uh, <laughs> most Nazis were probably Christian. And even the like the occultist stuff wasn't exactly anti-Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was also kind of like, it was like, you know, if Satan's in the Bible, he's on our team too, kind of, I guess. <laughs> it's all part of the same team, man. Uh, Xavier wakes up. After sort of going through this memory and everyone's like, yay, hooray. And uh, like zero to 60, suddenly there's like a party on Lalandra's Shi'ar ship. And oops, now she's in a coma. And oops, this girl Deathbird says she's the new empress. And oops, she works for the brood. Oh, look, there's the brood. Wait, did I? So I might have missed a a little bit of A to to B to C here. I thought that they like put the death bird in into into Lalandra. Is this yeah, a totally thought, separate character? I thought it, I thought she like swooped into Deathbird. Is that what's happening? It's what That's it looks what it like on the like. page, but it was it was funky. No matter how you read it, like I think the fact the fact that neither me nor Shane was like this is definitely how it went down. You're wrong, Andy. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was sloppy for sure. It definitely oh, felt like looked- Lalandra collapsed and then this new bitch showed up and was like, I'm Empress now and I work for the brood, baby. <laughs> 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 it was super weird to read, but I, 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 that makes a little more sense if they've mind whammied her and now she goes by a different name or something or there's like a literally a different presence yes. in her body or whatever. Well, especially since we spend the whole next issue with Wolverine and some kind of mind whammy as well. It's true. It's true. Um, I liked that issue, by the way. Uh, there's some yeah. pretty, pretty cool visuals in it. Uh, and I like, I mean, we have another couple issues after this we'll talk about that are only Wolverine. But I, I mean, like- Wolverine's, uh, Wolverine's kind of boring in this, I feel like. I, he was not the character I wanted to see. Um, for one, because he's like, his ability to sort of like, you know, smell that he's in a psychic dream takes away a lot of stakes. Sure. Yep. Yeah. He does. He, he does he, that with a lot of stuff. He's always like, yeah. "Oh wait, the, no, this is fake. No, it's fake. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. You can't fool me. This is fake again. Smells like fake. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like fake." <laughs> Yeah, he he like like the first couple pages of 162, he gets dosed with like some sort of spooky alien plant hallucinogen powder, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, mm. like he goes he goes into like a memory of uh, of of Mariko in Japan of him and Mariko riding horses, uh, and it seems like a happy memory uh, until oh no the brood are there uh, that doesn't make any sense oh they're there in real life too. And uh, and yeah, it's like a, it's like a really brief flashback to Mariko, which I wonder I wonder if that is helping, like if if they are trying to like use that as a way to like promote. Maybe, maybe there's something in the letters page or something that I didn't Could see. Be. That, like, yeah, I believe it. Like, if they were like, hey, check out Wolverine. Give us a little bit solo. of context before they go into Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. His like solo title that we're doing this like little miniseries about him and Mariko, you know, Um I don't know. It's interesting. Isn't I guess it's 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 written by the same guy, so it must have been conscious, a conscious inclusion there. Uh a little bit of cross promo. But I mean it's kind of the only it's the only place in Logan's memory of sort of major consequence um that we know of, right? Like yeah. we know he's been with like the Canadian Armed Forces and he's and he's been with Alpha Flight in some context, but uh, aside from being like old buddies with uh, with Vindicator's wife, we don't really know much about that time. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I guess the the Japan stuff, I mean, it is, I guess, objectively the most interesting part of Wolverine's backstory that we haven't seen explored uh, yet. Um, Can you... (laughs) Sorry. Andrew! Andrew! Andrew, will you take us to anime, please? Not yet. Not yet. One sec. I want to... I want to ask a question. Please clarify what is happening with the brood, Rory. Did they <laughs> no, put babies? No, just did, skip it. Did they put babies in everybody? And do those babies, <laughs> when those babies hatch, do they just merge with the person they were inside? How does this work? Um, I don't know everything about the brood. They are big on egg stuff. <laughs> I'm really big uh, at egg stuff. <laughs> Oh, they've no. got, uh, you know, like, they've got, like, insect queens. Oh, they're regular, they're brood queens, but their, their, you know, class structure is like that of a, you know, bee queen or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, except instead of having these, like, uh, shitty deadbeat boy bees, uh, they've got a king egg that's, like, super important. Hmm. <laughs> Is that the one so that's in Wolverine? I don't know who's got the king egg, if anybody. <laughs> who's uh, got the king egg? Who's gonna <laughs> be? What it looked like to me is that rather than chest bursting a fucking brood larva out of these people, that on birth they like mutate the person they're inside of and sort of merge with them. Because it looks like that was what was about to happen to Wolverine, yeah. unless I read this wrong. Well, but I haven't because read, of his... so I have not, I haven't read the Brood Saga, the thing that we're reading right now. <laughs> I thought, wait, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say, I haven't read this comic yet. And, well, what is it? So, so the Brood in the future are, I think, a little bit less of a horror monster and more of just kind of, a, you know, like the Flood from uh, from Halo. Like, they're just mm. sort of, you oh. like, once you kind of get I it, they're not. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's just uh, space zombies. I mean, the okay. brood are not zombies, but they're, it's kind of just like, we've taken a, we've stripped out some of the core horror elements and replaced it with this just, you know, uh, yeah, big, the brood scary, big scary Fight aliens. Em. It's the difference between alien and aliens is, is, yeah. is exactly what it is. Yeah. I guess the, the interesting part for me was that they, this, this hatching couldn't occur in Wolverine because of his, spooky metal skeleton and perhaps maybe his force of will not wanting it and also his healing factor treating it like a disease but whatever it was he's fine but the rest of the x-men still have babies in them and i guess that's what we're going to go deal with now uh in the in the next issue (laughs) sure Uh, i guess everybody get in the uh the (laughs) the brand agnostic cat bus and we'll all we'll all go to Anime Town, and whatever everyone is is Wolver is Logan Chan and Mariko Chan, <laughs> and we use a lot of Japanese in some appropriate ways and in some blatantly wrong ways that made me laugh. Uh, and sometimes we misspell the Japanese and spell it correctly a few pages later because no one's really editing this particularly closely. And Do you think they did it for pronunciation purposes or just because they don't care? Um, well, probably because oh. they don't care. I mean, I'm okay. specifically thinking of the word gaijin, which is spelled correctly with a with G-A-I-J-I-N. And then earlier, like three pages was like G-A-I-G-I-N, like gaijin. It's such a like oh. weird specific thing. They also misspell amaterasu. They spell it like amatersu. And this, it's just, it's weird. It's like, it's like they did like 80% of the work to get some like pretty okay Japanese things to drop in here. And then the last 20 was making sure it all was like spelled right and okay at the end. And they just were like, nah. Well, and I pointed out before, like one, one, there is an expectation about like, hey, this is a business. They should be able to afford Japanese translation, which sure. But you also have to fig- factor in like, well, how do they get that? I mean, you, you have to take out a one ad in the newspaper, right? It, it's yeah. not it's just you don't have you d- you both don't have access to up to date, fluent 
Japanese, and you don't quite know how to get your hands on it. I guess unless you just walk down to where the immigrants live and ask for help. <laughs> right. It's also definitely like a, a temporary gig. Like Marvel's not going to have a guy right. on staff right. always yeah. who's there to just to do Japanese. On their Japanese. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it's just, it's a, I think it's worth noting uh, whether or not like you can excuse it because there's times it's inexcusable and there's times the sensitivities is not where it should be even for the 80s. But mm-hmm. I just think placing the sort of technological barriers between uh, what we expect uh, and what we get is worth talking about because, yeah, you know, like I, it's clear Claremont's doing a He's doing the he's doing a lot of work to do to try to do this right. He's doing a book. Yeah. And just to just to say it, because I don't know if we've said it yet. This is a four parter uh, limited series Wolverine issues one to four. We read the first two this week. And this is I I dare say like the infinite backlog dream team is, uh, you know, we, we don't have uh, we don't have Gene Colan on this. No Marv Wolfman. But Chris Claremont writes it. Frank Miller draws it. It is it is a really winning combination. Yeah, and, and makes I was surprised some very to cool see stuff. we watched uh, we watched. Uh, oh, Shane did one of our episodes for the anime Marvel stuff. Uh, he did Iron Man right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's uh, right. So we also yes, watched did. we also watched Wolverine, and it kept a lot of the DNA from this, which I didn't know yeah, it was pulling I, from an eighties comic. I, yeah, a, Agreed. Yeah, I had no idea that it turns out the Wolverine anime is a pretty direct adaptation of this four parter. Um, and, you know, obviously, I think some of the details change, but like all the stuff with Mariko being married and like the fight against her dad and Yokio being there to like uh, save him. And she's got or Yukio, I should say. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's it's interesting and randomly like, having a best friend named Asano. Yeah, that, that's the that's the right name, right? That's the name they used in the in the anime. I'm pretty sure it, there was that an seems no. that seems right. Yeah, that was just like his fucking boy that we didn't ever like meet or preface. He just he winds up in Japan and is like, Asuno is Logan. Let's bone out, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this one kicks off because uh, Wolverine. I mean, after doing some crazy shenanigans in the Canadian Rockies and fighting a bear or whatever, he uh, he stopped. I was by really I- expecting a, the bear to be a mutant. <laughs> just a bear, not just a they, bear. They call that's like it's it's like calling Superman to solve a paper cut. It's like <laughs> the, the idea that they brought in the Wolverine to, <laughs> to fight yeah. a bear just because. <laughs> Because he was shot with a poison arrow that turned the bear crazy. Mm-hmm. He was a crazy bear. Uh, it's not. Yeah. Luckily, it's only like a couple pages, and then we get to Japan. But it it made I was so confused. Like <laughs> it would have been one thing if he had been so. So here's the thing. Uh, he's on this flight. They go out of their way because so he's in the Canadian Rockies. So bear that in mind. He's not in Alaska. But later they do point out that his his flight to uh, a, to Tokyo goes through Anchorage, and I could have believed he had a day to kill in Alaska and caught a bear. Yeah, totally. Was, but the way they set this up, like the Canadian government called it, like you know, reactivated Agent Wolverine to catch a bear. <laughs> <laughs> to catch a bear. <laughs> The reason he goes to Japan is because I'm so sorry. I'm just I'm picturing what's his last name? Chris uh there was Hansen? The, Chris Hansen yeah. being like, Do you know why you're here? <laughs> <laughs> take take a seat. Take a seat. <laughs> take a seat. Sit down, Bob. <laughs> take, take, take a seat. <laughs> to catch a bear dinner. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, were you gonna were you gonna eat the little girl (laughs) oh my god no i brought pizza (laughs) be honest bears eat pizza no (laughs) wolverine has has found at i guess one of his homes in canada or whatever wherever he wherever he fucking stashes his shit in canada all of the letters he's been writing to Mariko in Japan have been returned unopened. 
And so he's super worried about her. And so he flies to Japan only to find out from his best friend in J- Japanese immigration, Asano Kimura, that Mariko is married. And that is not cool. He's not happy about that. And, you know, obviously over the course of this, we learn that uh, that her her evil father, Shingen, has like married her off, you know, to classic. cover a debt. Yeah. Yeah, he's like reappeared out of nowhere, like he was missing, and now he's back and he's in debt, and he marries her off to. It's to, fucking to, wild. I would have. They give this so briefly. This soap opera is fucking wild. This guy disappears. She's been running the clan for who knows how long. They're sort mm-hmm. of semi-organized, crimey clan, right? Mm-hmm. It's like not a yakuza, but it's kinda. It's like mm-hmm. seems like they're some sort of like ninja descendants who are somewhere between yakuza and ninja clan. Um, anyway, so he's been gone. She's running the show. He comes back dishonored and like out of money. And so he takes back his family and marries her off. She like went from ruling this thing to being this, you know, you know, being a housewife. It's, it's, it's a, yeah. it's not, it's, you know, and, and the and all of the badness of what I've described is understood. Like nobody's like thinking this is just what her life should be like. I mean, some people in the well, comic are, but you know what I mean. That's not yeah. her perspective or Logan's perspective or Claremont's perspective, right? Um, this tragedy. I will say, I will say that some of the way that that pans out is kind of hand waved under the umbrella of uh, well, that's Japanese just Japanese tradition. culture. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, maybe there's a little something to that, but also, like, it's a fucked up move, and it does suck to hear Mariko be like, if you cannot comprehend and accept this, Logan, you truly do not know me at all, or Nippon. It's like, no, you don't understand Logan if you think he's just going to watch, like, I don't know, it's like, it didn't feel like, it felt, it felt very much like they were sort of making the contrivance just like, well, that's just how Japan is. And I don't know that that's like fully real. (laughs) (laughs) There's enough truth there that, that I think it could have been more delicately handled. Um, Yeah. No, that uh, on that, I agree. Yes. uh, But yeah, just be like, it's Japan, man. What are you going to do? It's a little hand wavy and a little too broad. (laughs) Yeah. But it is, it is interesting. Uh, She's, she's completely accepting of this. But you get the sense that maybe when he shows up to sort of like challenge her dad, that like if he'd won, that wouldn't have been a problem for her. You know what I mean? Like she would have been like, yeah. all right. But uh, but he does get completely fucked. Uh, Wolverine is like he's captured and poisoned, uh, I guess, secretly poisoned. And so he wakes up and he's barely able to like see straight while they fight. And uh, and Shingen apparently is very, very, very good with a sword and is like, like hitting all of his uh, like what is it, like the the nerve bundles like pressure points basically, and uh, and he just they, he un- falls. they downplay the poison though. I found it a little unbelievable that a regular dude with a wooden sword would make such mincemeat out of an invincible blade monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they mention it briefly and then not again, and it's too, it is too bad because I feel like that is the like deciding factor in why he's able to do this. It is, but like the the panels aren't like you know blurry or anything that kind of gives uh-huh. the reader a clue on how he's doing. They just we, we just find out somebody you know spiked his drink at some point, and for some you know it just it it felt a little bit like it needed to happen, but. I mean, there's no reason Shingen can't just be a mutant too, right? Like right. They could make, totally. They could they could come up with a way, a magic way, a sort of superpower way. He wins that leaves a little less to the imagination for what the fuck am I reading? Hmm. Yeah. Uh. So I guess he's uh. You know, he loses and they kick him out and and uh. Oof. But. While he's in the alleyway, sort of crumpled up, he's almost going to get like jumped by some random dudes. And a woman saves him. She shows up, this woman, Yukio, who uh, it seems like she's just sort of wandering by and has a has a bone to pick with Shingen and and like, you know, maybe just wants to save him that's, for her own that's game. That's how it reads. But 
Later this second issue, we learn that she's actually working for Shingen, sort of. Uh, and I guess that that part is still a little unclear to me that like why why we're sort of going to this this effort rather than just killing Wolverine or something. You know what I mean? Like like he clearly could have done it at any point, but instead he wants to like I don't know. Did you do you have any does this make sense to you? Not totally. I mean, at some point, the hand are introduced, so he's outsourced some of his muscle, and so now things are a little bit more complicated. Does she work with the hand? Does she hate the hand, but like Shingen? Uh, does she actually want to screw Logan's brains out, or is that part of her ruse? Or is God, that just uh, us? That, well, no, she says it. She climbs on his lap and is like, if you think I'm a good fighter, wait till you see how good I am at blowies. <laughs> yeah, this is like right after she's been like, dude, I want bones like yours. Those, me- <laughs> those metal bones, I want bones like yours. Also, I want your bones. Speaking of bones like yours. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, she's unsubtle. She's completely unsubtle, and Wolverine doesn't take the bait, but it's unclear if this is some sort of, uh, you know, Black Widow type uh, assassin. If mm-hmm. she, because she's mysterious, came out of nowhere, and we see her in her thoughts, and she does seem to have genuine affection for logan so um whether whether that's a sort of weird you know writing uh choice to make some assassin who finds a sleeping blade monster on the ground be like that's my boy now this is my fucking man i don't we i don't know it's uh, i'm intrigued to see where it goes because it leaves a lot to be desired Mm -hmm. i i i think that here i'll try and i'll try and summarize what's happening here shingen has some sort of rival that he doesn't like and he is sending mariko and her abusive husband to meet with him at this like kabuki theater and uh privately he's asked yukio to take wolverine to show up and fuck everybody up there and kill this rival uh but make sure that that mariko doesn't get hurt and it's like it it seems like like again it seems like a lot of like legwork to go through for what doesn't really add much to it for me like it's it's mostly just confusing yeah but, i agree but it is uh it does get them all in the same place again and it leads to a pretty cool moment where wolverine is fighting against these like assassins that have been like the kabuki performers that were like about to turn and kill mariko and he jumps in and is like no And uh, and he fights them and he has to go real intense and he ends up kind of losing control and going full blade monster in a way that he's never done in front of Mariko before. And uh, and she finally like sees his pure sort of terrifying, violent nature. And there's like it's it's my favorite thing that we read this week. There's a line that Wolverine says as he's just sort of staring at her. He goes, I lost control. He's thinking it, right? He says, I lost control. I feel sick. I feel great. Huh? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're kind of fucked up, man. But he does he does sort of recognize in this moment that he has lost her. Uh, because she's she looks at him like 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 she like he's not na- like a nasty piece of dirt and leaves. And well, yeah, uh, what's crazy too is like, I mean that that loss of control i'm not going to say is her fault at all but like it's influenced by what's going on with their relationship right right Where it's like had you uh he, he he's not necessarily like that except when he sees the only woman he's ever loved beaten into a bloody pulp by her husband right yeah yeah and maybe maybe there's a little bit playing into this of like oh no you know Women can't well, this, like, handle violence. No, no, I don't think it's like that. I just think I think it's it's dramatic tragedy. It's this like, yeah, yeah. He, he showed her a version of himself that couldn't exist without her, you know, it, without their relationship being what it was. Totally. Like. It is tragic. It's a cool it way to end tragic. part two of a four part, right? Like this is like, like we have, we have just as much left to go and that excites me. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of like, let's go get revenge on Shingen and he's probably not going to get with Mariko by the end, but, uh, but I don't know. I don't know where, I, I legit don't know where it's going and I'm excited. Shane, it's your time. Hello. Hello and welcome. Welcome to this week's 
Fuck, Mary kill. Where we have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who is the one. Hello, how are you boys? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Loving it. in there. Are you ready? Are you so ready for this week's beautiful, beautiful Fuck, Mary kill? Yeah, I have a feeling I know who's going to be on it a little bit, and I'm excited. I, have, I, I, I don't think there's a chance there's no stilt, man, but the rest <laughs> is, <I'm> is <laughs> Is it, is there a chance that the literal first person is indeed Stilt Man? <laughs> Stilt Man is, is number one. Yes. Um, we love him. We love him so hard. And secondly, you guys ready for some Foggy Nelson? Okay. Yeah. Some yes. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Foggy Nelson. Okay. And last but not least, we are definitely just going to go with Logan himself. We're going to go with the Wolverine. We're going to go with wow. a stack. This is a stack this is lineup. A very We're stacked go with, lineup. Yeah, Japanese, but he only speaks Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mostly correct. And it's and it's mostly correct. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I mean, right away, Foggy is definitely like marriage material. Which is not to say that Stiltman and Wolverine are not, but Foggy Foggy has that sort of, you know, dependable dad bod. I don't know. I, I love that. I love that guy. And so, like, that's I'm, I'm leaning romantic for him. But at the same time, there's definite benefit with, like, I, I know a lot of people are, like, kind of weird about the height of their partners. And Stiltman can be anything you want. <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, it seems like still can only the, be 60 feet tall. Here's the funny thing is that, you, is that you preface that you're not weird about height. So this is purely on stunting on the haters. Yeah. <laughs> this is so that all of your friends will look at you with envy. All of the girls who thought you were too short were like, guess what? I married the tallest man. Now who's dumb? <laughs> you think I'm too short? Look at my husband. He's 60 feet tall. <laughs> Hubby, stomp those haters. <laughs> all the, literally, all they have to do is push them over. So I don't know what are you even talking about. No, you can't oh, no. unless you disable the little equilibrium box, the gyroscope Here, on his on his back. Here's a single marble. Oh no, he's falling. <laughs> no, he's good. He's good. What the gyroscope hasn't been tampered with. He he's good. And he's just a nice tall man. He's basically a Segway. He's a sixty foot Segway. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Now, Logan, though, even if all he does is speak Japanese, I mean, I speak some Japanese. We can get along just fine. But like Logan's got. You speak Japanese? Has that ever come up? <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dickweeds. Uh, I'm just saying Logan. Logan is Logan's got some raw sexual energy that might be good for uh, maybe not a marriage, but a fuck. Okay. Uh, but I could see wanting to to marry him. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Rory? I'm, I'm leaning well, a lot of different ways. All right. As always, I'm probably bringing in uh, too much X-Men context. Mm. Uh, I feel that uh, not only do I, I don't think it would be fair to marry Logan and die on him uh, uh, because he is cursed with immortality and he laments that somehow. While he doesn't have a literal death wish, you know, he, he does not care for living forever and outlasting everybody he loves and cares about every 50 years. Right. Uh, for that reason, I, well, while I might marry him selfishly, I'm going to do, I'm going to be the bigger man and kill the Wolverine. So does that you mean know? you're going to marry the bigger, bigger man? The uh, tallest of men? But things get a little more interesting. Oh. Um, more interesting than marrying Stiltman? <laughs> you know, you raise a lot of good points. <laughs> He raises them pretty high, too. He raises them pretty just, high. So, like, okay, go on this journey with me, Rory, as you think about your wedding to Stiltman. Your friends <laughs> have to literally use drones and helicopters to throw rice on you. That's God, true. Do you think he'd... Now, I don't know. So here's my thing with Foggy. He doesn't seem... It doesn't. He doesn't seem like that great of a husband. Uh, he seems like... You I know. guess. And... Uh, I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about with, uh, with Ben Yurick, too. Mm -hmm. Like... You can respect the man, but also see that he's basically married to his work and is not the most <laughs> attentive partner. 
Uh, yeah, and he's ter- he's notoriously terrible with your finances, and that I think that would get old. If- <laughs> now, Stiltman, on the other hand, uh, that's a go-getter. This is a normal, regular day, re- you know, regular run-of-the-mill man who just decided one day he wants to be significantly taller and made it happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I think that could be I think that compatibility could be there. I think this is a this is somebody who desperately wants to please other people. To mm. uh, he wants to be seen and appreciated. He wants to be seen uh, from miles away. From miles away, <laughs> he wants to be seen by boats <laughs> and from space. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, I don't know what he's bringing to the fuck table because he's his. All his power is in his incredibly long legs, and I mean, unless he's got one that, tiny stilt down there. If you if if you were a leg man, I'd I'd begrudge you. I'd hold you no quarter. I'd uh, whatever that phrase is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, incredibly long mechanical legs is doing nothing for Rory. So uh, I think I'm gonna marry this uh, this guy. I'm gonna build him up and you know help him succeed. <laughs> you don't need to do much um, of that. Build him up, push him over, and then I'd. Uh, I think I just wreck Foggy Nelson. I, I, just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. I don't think he's bringing the party to the table. I think it's going to be on me to make it happen. I think you're going to rock his world. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be yeah. on me to make it happen. But uh, <laughs> whatever, you know, no strings attached. I'm just going to ruin Foggy. That's fucking wild. And he's, you know, you could call him Guts the whole time. I will call him Guts. I would love, I'd love to get blasted by Wolverine, but I'm just saying, I think I took the high road here and mm-hmm. let him, let you know, ended his immortal uh, struggle. Yeah. I think if you're not going to, I have to. So I'm going to fuck Wolverine. We're going to make that happen. Sure. And, uh, you know, claws in, claws out. I don't know. Whatever the mood takes us. And claws in, <laughs> claws out. Yeah, that's how it works, Shane. <laughs> Snicked. And, oh. and then yeah, so I'll marry I'll marry Foggy and I will kill Stiltman and it will not be difficult. Um he's <laughs> extremely beatable. <laughs> <laughs> Shane. Okay, so listen. this is a very listen, this is a very easy um <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is a very easy choice for me. I kill Foggy. Oh. I blast him. I blast him out of the universe. Get him out of here. Okay. Uh huh. I sex Wolverine. Yes. I sex him because I think that it would be, first off, it would be crazy. Yes, right? it would. <laughs> it would be literally crazy. You just have to like know how to get into his into like his anger centers and then like just yeah, be spray ready. a little bit of bear pheromone on you. Yeah. Before you- <laughs> <laughs> just wear like bear furs to bed and then like you got to catch that bear today. Ready. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's and he's kind of a, you know, he's kind of a short king for you. You know, he, he is. He is. He is a short king, which <laughs> is funny that I have to marry the stilt man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just so the reason why is because his legs are so long and I take I feel like I need a long time to explore them. Oh, one night with so you, stilt man does is not enough. It's not enough one, to fully. Yeah, one 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 night with stilt man does not enough time leave for the the good, good touch. You can't l- 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 lick him from his head to his toes in one <laughs> evening. <laughs> No, it'll take you days, <laughs> if not weeks. <laughs> how much? How much of those legs do you think is butt? Oh, that's uh, a philosophical seen, question. No, we have seen the image. Uh, he clearly has a defined at the at the peak of his legs is uh, is a nice round booty. Okay, no, okay. and then he's I, all I'm, like, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I. Oh, you like, mean like I, more like metaphorically where you know yeah, well yeah like at what point does does the butt end and the leg begin i've always considered just the cheeks the butt do you feel like the top <gasps> the very top of the leg is still butt i don't know sometimes <laughs> it depends on it depends on the definition and like what kind of underwear they're wearing wow i'm learning a lot today about butts and legs and <laughs> bears uh, bears butts and legs oh my, oh my. 
Well, that right there, my friends, my beautiful. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think oh? we've got. I don't think we've really dug into this question. Oh, uh, well, where, all right then. Where Bring does something a, else to where the does table. A, where does, no, I know that question. Good. I meant the where does the butt become a leg? <laughs> uh, I. Is and this I the rest of myself, the... where does the butt become the leg? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's from these sort of questions that, you know, the best, the best, like, doctorate theses are uh, are created. You know, somebody sits around no. and thinks about this for a long, long time and, and puts out a real nice peer-reviewed paper about, like, proving the exact butt-to-leg ratio. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm performing, I'm performing a small experiment at the moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of running my finger down my <laughs> cheek to the no. to the thigh. No, 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 not like down the crack. And and what I'm noticing is there, there's it's a sensation. Rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a sensation. Like there's a point when it feels like it's behind you, and a point when it feels like it's beneath you. Ah, uh, okay. Huh. All right. A, okay. But okay. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's scientific or if I'm just. You know, that's, rubbing my butt seems... and getting aroused. <laughs> is this Nothing science? Am I doing science? Oh, am I doing science right now? Mm. <laughs> am I doing science? <laughs> am I doing science? <laughs> am I doing... I'm so naughty. <laughs> Daddy said no science while he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, we gotta go. Thank you, everybody. Issue 54 is done. This is the Infinite Backlog. That's what you've been listening to. And I would invite everyone to go and just sort of feel around and find where your butt ends and tell us. Right in. We do want to know. More like the the Infinite Butt Log. Oh, we, w- we will be uh, in your feed as the Infinite Butt Log this week. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.